everyone. Uh, so let me set up today's teaching a little bit. Uh, last week, the whole extended Donyu family got a great chance to be away together at a cottage in Muskoka. It was <laughs> the kind of cottage we would never be able to afford were it not for the generosity of my sister's friends. Anyways, just a, a lovely time had by all. Um, now, what does that have to do with anything? Well, we've been talking for months now, really, about what God might be wanting or trying to say to us in the midst of this uh, crazy time we're living in. Can you hear me now? And it occurred to me, we haven't really talked pragmatically, practically, applicably about how one actually does this. How do we hear from God? Now, look, um, there's no easy three steps or a, you know, a magic pill to take or anything. The, the things of the Spirit are still somewhat mysterious after all. Jesus himself says, you know, you, you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Um, and Paul says, we speak the wisdom of God as a, as a mystery. And frankly, I'm still a real noob in terms of, of hearing from God, developing that sensitivity in my own life. But here at the cottage, I had access to someone who has learned what it means to listen to the Spirit. Um, my dad, Keith Ganyu, has been in ministry all his life. In fact, even after he retired a few years ago, he um, has gone on to be the transitional pastor in retirement for like five or six churches, like what Eugene did here at, at New Market Alliance about three years ago. Um, in fact, Dad is currently working with the church doing pulpit fill as they look for a, a pastor. I just thought it would be interesting just to have a, a conversation, an unscripted conversation with someone who seems to have a vibrant, um, even daily, reciprocal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and so I didn't warn him. <laughs> I, I intentionally wanted his answers to be off the cuff, just two guys having a conversation over coffee. I set up the camera. I plugged in a mic and I started a conversation. I know that sounds like, um, for some people, your worst nightmare, but I, I didn't want him to overthink it. And so for the newer Christian, for the mature Christian, I think there is something very practical and applicable about this conversation between father and son. How? Do you hear the voice of God? So you might even want to get a pen and paper because there's some real nuggets here, I think. Uh, a couple of times, let me just warn you, the audio gets a little glitchy. Um, I try to correct that with subtitles. Uh, anyway, why don't we jump right into it somewhere in the middle of Muskoka. You think... Uh... <clears throat> from God is, is something for the Christian in 2020? Absolutely. God is speaking. Um, our biggest problem is we're not listening. We're too busy. We've got our own agenda. 
Um, and probably most of the time, we don't want to. We don't want to hear what he's got to say to us because there's a requirement, you know, to that. God said, God spoke to me. What does that usually mean? Probably the primary uh, place where I hear from God is in his word. And usually when I am consistently reading or studying in a specific uh, portion of his word. I, I, I'm very, uh, it's very ineffective to kind of open the Bible and, and point out a verse. Maybe sometimes that works uh, if we're really desperate and God's really desperate to talk to us. Um, it's gracious sometimes, eh? Yeah, but I would say when you're consistently reading through and his word strikes you. It's like a neon sign mm -hmm. goes on. And, um, and, and there's something really vital that strikes your spirit. And it has to be developed. It's, it's not something that just kind of drops on you. you. You have to kind of surround it with, with other passages and kind of study. But it all comes back to that point where his word got through to you. How else have you developed it? Attuneness or the open ears or the sensitivity? I'm always looking for confirmation to things that God has said to me um, from people. You know, uh, like you know, when God speaks, you feel God has spoken a message to your heart to preach to the people. And so from that point on, once, once it's there, you're always looking for confirmation. You're waiting for somebody to say something, just just a word or whatever, to confirm it. And and God usually does that uh, for you. Thankfully, He does. But I I think uh, impressions um, <clears throat> after you have learned to hear from God in His Word and in prayer um, that you are open, you're vulnerable to impressions. And, and sometimes, you know, when you get all excited about uh, eating you like that, you can have to be really sensitive to uh, discern the voice of the Spirit. Um, because, because that's not it's one way and uh and you know it all has to come back to the word it all has to come back to your relationship with the holy spirit for instance he's not going to say something contrary to his word right right um how else has god spoken to you you know when uh when people gather to pray and they're serious they're sincere and uh, and they're praying for a specific thing. One time um, when uh, uh, my wife um, was um, being diagnosed, we thought with uh, MS and found out that it wasn't, found out that she had a tumor on her spine. And um, on the Wednesday night prayer meeting, 
there was a, I suppose now looking back on it, it was a word of knowledge. And um, at the very same time in the hospital where Lois was, she had picked up the Christian book and she opened it and began reading it uh, from 30 and verse 2 that says, I cried to you and you gave me back my health. Come forth in the prayer meeting. Uh, they basically said uh, the Lord is healing her now. And that's exactly what was happening. Self-explanatory. What's a word of knowledge? A word of knowledge is something that uh, you didn't know before that suddenly comes into your spirit. And, um, and lots of times people are afraid of it and they don't know what to do, whether to say it out loud uh, you know, uh, to kind of take a risk and and look like they're kind of super spiritual or whatever. But this was an older lady in our church who, when she spoke that, uh, I just knew in my spirit that it was from God. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving uh, that night 50 miles to the hospital and cried uh, to God. And I said, I can't. I can't go on. Uh, unless you heal her. Uh, I need her. I need my wife. And um, anyway, and it was like God was saying, I already said it. I already told you, you know, um, she's healed. And of course, when they, when they opened her spine the next day, and she, she was healed um, and hasn't had any recurrence of that for 50 years. Um, my bottom line was Romans 8 and verse 14. As many as are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. And um, and I, I believe that speaks of a relationship uh, with God, with the Holy Spirit, um, being in such a condition um, that you can hear him. You can receive impressions you can receive uh, leadings if you quiet yourself, mm-hmm. stop talking mm-hmm. long enough and let him speak. Mm-hmm. And he wants to talk to us. I don't think there's anything that God um, wants to withhold from us as far as his will. People say, I, I just am trying to find the will of God. And, uh, and I don't think it's hard to find. Why does it seem hard to to many of us though probably we're not when we receive a word uh-huh. in our spirit we don't trust uh-huh. it you know and, and i think um that's the problem god speaks but we don't trust right. what he's saying well you know uh, when you get hungry physically your stomach starts to indicate that you're hungry physically. And, I, you know, uh, in the Beatitudes, when uh, he says, blessed or blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And I think when you get to that point in your relationship with God and you're hungering and thirsting, there's several instances where, the, where those feelings, physical, physical feelings, that you have that are indicative of God saying, stop, 
wait, um, you know, check that out. Um, historically, people have misused, I mean, and, uh, and they have used the gifts of the Holy Spirit righteously, but they've also misused the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and I have found out as a leader in those services, um, when someone is off base, uh, I've known it. It's like I know that I know that I know they're off base. And I have gently instructed them. Um, when you talk about the word of knowledge, for instance, I think the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom, wisdom is the skillful application of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So um, God gives you the ability to discern and to um, act righteously. Um, it's all part of that walk of the spirit being led by the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, my sheep know my voice. You feel it gets easier as you mature. Like you, you, you start to recognize the, sh the shepherd's voice more and more. Mm -hmm. it, it's a skill, I think, to be developed listening to the Holy Spirit. And if you don't, um, you know, he, uh, he doesn't want you to be embarrassed or humiliated or, or to make wrong decisions. And, and, but on the, that's on the one hand, on the other hand, he wants you to act in faith. He wants you to step out. Yeah. I, I do think it's like, if you don't use it, you'll lose it yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Like a, like a muscle that needs to be exercised um you've had these you've had big moments if i recall in your ministry like hearing from god like this couple whose you know womb was formerly barren is going to conceive this person who's on death's door is going to be healed or we we're talking about the other day this person who just needs to um be released to go to heaven You've had those, yeah, those words from God. I've also had like, I wouldn't call them inconsequential, but they're like day to day things. Like, what's that story about Grandma and the? Is it a blender? Huh. Oh, my goodness, that was that stands out in uh, my memory as being a time when I missed it. I really missed it. We we were coming home at Christmas time, and Lois wanted us to uh, wanted me to drop her off at Grandma's house, and I was supposed to go to well, it was Kmart back then, and uh, to get a, a mixer, like a mix. It was called a mix master. <laughs> so I went to the store. I knew what color to get. I knew what exactly what I was supposed to get. <clears throat> I went to the housewares department. And um, <clears throat> looked at the shelves, and there was exactly the one that I was supposed to get. And so down below, there were corresponding boxes with numbers. I picked the corresponding box. As soon as I picked it up, the Holy Spirit in me said, there's no cord in that box. I thought, that's ridiculous. And I started to head to the cash register. <laughs> it's sealed. It's sealed. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and it said, 
actually about halfway across the store, I stopped and I looked at it and it said cord included. So I got to the cash register and again, the Holy Spirit in me said there's no cord in that box. Isn't that, I mean, that's a kind of a mundane kind of thing. But anyway, I, I disobeyed. I just said, that's ridiculous. So when she opened the box at Christmas time, there was no cord in it, you know. And, and you know, here I was, the man of the hour. Um, you know, I was the guy who was supposed to be hearing from God as far as the direction of our church and and all of the things that had to be decided um, by me. Um, I needed to hear from God and I couldn't even listen to that. Um, yeah, like I guess there's people who think all the things you hear from God are are going to be life and death. Uh but they're not. Right? No, no. So why does why does he care? Or why does he talk to us about getting a different blender? He just loves to walk with us. He loves to talk to us. He loves to be partners with us. Um, he loves for us to be able to fellowship. First uh, John talks about the fellowship of the Father and the Son and us have um and we we um are so blessed and we need to be so thankful that god just loves to be with us loves to talk to us um i like the word partner you know that's that's the word we get from uh parakletos the the holy spirit you know who partners with us you know if, if you think about friendship and you think about what friends do. Friends go places together. Friends have conversations. Um, friends care about one another. Um, if you think about it, it, it's quite touching, you know, that he would be in the, the minutia of those kinds of daily things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, if I thought about it, I, I could go on and on. Talking about the the minutia, yeah. the the times when and things that the Holy Spirit leads you to do, or um, the relationship that you have, that if you tell it to other people, they think that's um, kind of off the wall. Like God doesn't do that. God's not interested in that. And so often you don't tell people. Um, you, uh, you, you can't put some of those things into a yeah. sermon, for instance, because they seem too insignificant, yeah. but I think he's the God of the insignificant, yeah. you know? Do you feel like in this season, which is a weird season, people are anxious and, um, alone <laughs> or feeling alone? Like, do you feel like you're, you're hearing Anything in particular from God in the age of Corona about the church or about anything? Uh, as far as the local church is concerned, uh, I think each local church has its own uh, set of uh, problems or whatever. And uh, so I, I'm not sure I'm hearing anything about the specific church that I'm involved with mm -hmm. right now. 
But as far as the church in the world, uh, as far as the church in this country, I, I believe that God is saying um, I, things are not going to be the same, uh, that I'm shaking things up. And I keep thinking about the verse in Hebrews that says, I will shake the things that uh, cannot be shaken, you know. And um, and I think right now things from from our our own personal life, our finances, and so on. But with the church, um, I believe that uh, God is going to move. Uh, there's a we're getting a black eye, you know. There's a number of things that are that the church is saying and doing during this time that is embarrassing to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that maybe those who are misspeaking or bringing bringing reproach mm -hmm. with what they uh, are saying, I think they will be brought to accountability mm -hmm. on that. But as far as uh, what, the, what God is doing with the church, I, I honestly believe that we're being prepared to be taken up. I believe the Lord is is coming. I've never, I've always believed in the imminent return uh, of Jesus, but I, I believe that is what He's saying. Mm. I believe He's saying I'm coming back, mm. uh, and I, I believe in these moments that if we're really in tune with the Holy Spirit, mm. that He's He's saying, "Get ready, mm. look up, your redemption draweth nigh." Mm. Anyway, that's good. If you had a, uh, you know, a new Christian of which we have some, some at my church and, and they were just asking, like, give me one or two things to do this month to help, you know, build that muscle of, of hearing from God, discerning that it is God's voice. Is there anything you'd tell them? To Memorize yeah? the word of God. Yeah? Memorize the word of God. And find passages that really like you like, and that really speak to you. And when you're in the car, and you're by yourself, preach it. Preach those words. Uh, scripture memorization is goes along with meditation. You know, your word. I meditate on your word, day and night. Meditation is just running the word of God through your mind and through your spirit and listening to what the Holy Spirit uh, wants to tell you uh, about that word. I remember hearing uh, uh, Billy Graham's wife and uh, she said that when she had her devotions that she picked up her Bible and she read it until the point at which she knew the Holy Spirit was saying something to her, and that's where she stopped. And she would take that passage of Scripture and meditate on it and go over it and over it in her mind. So, I mean, that's one of the things, or maybe the main thing that uh, a new Christian needs to know. It's really interesting, you know, because the, the, those who claim to have a, you know, uh, a direct line to God, um, sometimes get 
accused of being sort of anti-word. It's all about a fresh revelation. And you, what you're saying is get back to the word. Mm-hmm. Sort of a, it's not what I expected. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's the basis of everything mm-hmm. that we uh, know is that it's God's word for heaven's sake. But you're saying you go to the ancient words and you'll still get a fresh revelation. Yeah. It's inspired by God. uh, And it speaks to us uh, instruction. You know, um, it's given to us for instruction and righteousness. That's ultimately where you go as a new Christian. And the other one is um, develop a, a prayer life. You know, where you um, talk to God like you talk to your wife or your friend. Talk to him in a conversational way. Ask him questions. Um, You know, expect that he's going to answer. Not too much, but I've talked about dreams. I've talked about visions. And, you know, and of course, we're scared of those things. Uh, because we don't want to be strange. And and I believe that if we're seeking God and wanting answers, that it's highly possible that while you're asleep at night, God will give you direction. You know, you'll wake in the morning with the knowledge of what to do. Just read something today that was surprising, the National Bible Institute. Anyways, they do, they do research on cultural Bible things. And during coronavirus, do you think Bible reading went up or down? Probably down. It did. I would have thought up. I wonder why. I, I think people are frustrated with God. I think they're angry with God for letting this happen. People who, you know, the people that I, I've heard talk about not being able to go to church, for instance, you know. Uh, I remember my grandpa, who was in his 80s before he died, uh, he read the, the entire Ironsides commentary on the Book of Romans, you know, uh, and he had grade six education. And, and he could talk about it. He could talk about justification and predestination and all the things that um, the scripture talks about in, in Romans. Uh, and I just think it's fear. It's, it's fear that, that they're not going to understand. And it's fear because they're, um, I, I think there's some anger towards God um, for all of this, of what's going on. It was back when I pastored in my first church, and I had the opportunity to um, be the chaplain, uh, whatever, for the home in town. It was like a 75-bed nursing home. And so I went this day. You know, our, our little church was like 50 people or something, and and had lots of time to have extra ministry. And I went to the uh, the nursing home this day, and I thought, how am I going to do this? And so I, I thought, well, I'll just start at 
the first room and go to the next room. And so and so I went into the first room and there were two women in that room, old women um, in bed. And uh, so I went over to the woman on the far uh, side of the room. Her name was Mrs. Alger. Introduced myself to her. And I'd like to read the Bible to you and pray. Could I do that? And she said, oh, yes. Oh, yes, she said. And so I sat down beside her bed and um, started to read the Bible. And for almost from the point that I started, she started to weep. And, uh, and then I prayed for her and she weeped, wept even more. And um, when I finished, I turned around and the director of the nursing home was standing at the door and she was crying. And I said, what have I done? You know? And she said, um, didn't you know Mrs. Alger was deaf? And I said, well, I asked her if I could read to her. And she said, yes. But she said, you sat there. She couldn't read your lips. And she had her eyes shut, you know? And, and what was happening is that the word um, bypassed her mentality and went director directly into her spirit and then of course um uh, isaiah 55 uh where it says that the word of god is like the rain and the snow that comes down it waters the earth and doesn't return unto god void uh but it accomplishes the purpose that god set it out to accomplish is what it's set out to accomplish as long as you're not mentally ill right as long as you're not simple intellectually as long as you're not deaf um even as long as you're not uh don't speak the language right it's, it's incredible right yeah. my sister-in-law's dad was an alcoholic and at one point uh i was pastoring a church a couple hundred miles away and he was dying and um, his name was Lloyd. Lois and I went in to pray for him. And he, they had him hooked up to all kinds of tubes and, and everything. And he was asleep for all intents and purposes. More like in a coma. Yeah. He was snoring. And, uh, and I said, Lloyd, it's Keith. I'm Ron's brother. And uh, I, I'm just going to talk to you about your big tears. Yeah. running down his face not the the tears necessarily are the only response but certainly it is a response um and and it was sometime later after he got better got out of the hospital that at christmas time that year we dropped in to see my brother and he was there and my brother said uh, keith i don't know whether you've met judy's dad or not lloyd and uh and Lloyd said, oh, yeah, I know, Keith. You prayed for my soul, he said. He, he missed everything else in his hospital stay except that. Interesting. I've never been more convinced of the power of the Word of God than I am right now. It's, it's just the most powerful tool that we've got to evangelize to bring healing, uh, you know, to bring encouragement. Um, it, it's, I, I guess it's uh, why uh, it kind of 
irritates me or annoys me when um, some churches, some evangelical churches, are more into um, self-help or stories or whatever. And I think, uh, is that is that eternally effective? I just hate to see the word minimized. Mm-hmm. You know what would be neat is just a sort of model to new Christians how you, in your personal prayer life, how you would pray for God's will to be made known, for direction or whatever. Father God, I know that you are, in fact, my father, and I'm your son. And I know this, that you want me to be right in the center of your will. And so, God, as I pray, would you reveal your will to me? And as I read your word, would you reveal your will to me? As I go to work, And as I work among people and I've got time to think, oh, God, speak to me, I pray. Speak to me as I lead my family. Your word says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I pray, oh, God, that you would lead me step by step and that I would know without a shadow of a doubt that I am doing exactly what you want me to do. And where do you want me to be? I know there's a scripture that uh, in the book of Acts that says, uh, it seemed right to us and the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And we've got to step out in faith based on what seems right, because we know that you're not going to let us step too far off the track, but you're going to keep us um, centered in your will and and enveloped in your arms oh god thank you for leading me your word says that uh one of the signs of us being your child is that we are led by the holy spirit thank you father in jesus name amen